More than a decade of abuse scandals have rocked the Catholic Church and shifting social values have alienated its flock. In the West, Catholicism is in decline. Just 17.5% of Americans identify as Catholic. In Australia, young people are abandoning the church. Why are people seemingly losing faith? Is it all bad news or does the church have a future? And might a reforming Pope Francis turn the ship around? I'm Bill Cruz and this is The Discussion. Paul Collins is a former priest, broadcaster and Catholic scholar whose books include Absolute Power, How the Pope Became the Most Influential Man in the World. Paul, is the ancient institution of the Catholic Church fit for purpose in the next century? It isn't just at the present moment, Bill, but I think that the fundamental kind of changes that are going to be required uh, for the next century are already underway. You, you've got to remember that you're dealing with a uni- with a worldwide church. You're not you're not just dealing with a local church, or not even just a church in the Western world. The problems that the Western world faces are different to the problems that the church faces in Africa, and then again, the problems the church faces in Asia are different to Africa and the Western world, and Latin America fits somewhere in the middle. So what has kept the church resilient over the centuries past? Well, uh, that's an assumption that the church has been resilient over the centuries past. It's survived, yes. If you were just talking about the last uh, 400 years or 500 years since the Reformation, what's kept the church going uh, in that period in some ways has been uh, rivalry between Catholics and Protestants. in, in people I found some sense of identification by the religion that they belong to. I think that that has changed now. Uh, that no longer is the case. We live in a much more multicultural world, a much more open world, uh, and people don't use religion as an identity marker. So what can the church rely on in decades to come? I think the one thing the church can rely on is the message of Jesus. Now, the way that we proclaim that these days is going to be quite different. We're not going to do it by Bible banging. We're not going to do it by hitting people over the head with texts from Scripture. The way that we're going to do it, I think, is presenting Jesus firstly as, if you like, the archetypal human being the human being who models for us what it is to be a human being, uh, a human being who, uh, above all, is a man dominated by a sense of forgiveness, a sense of reaching out to other people, a sense of serving other people. Uh, and I think it's it's only when the church projects that kind of an image, an image of reconciliation of forgiveness, of openness, of reaching out and of serving. When it does that, uh, it it impacts on people's lives. How deeply has the church been impacted by the abuse scandals? Profoundly. There's absolutely no doubt about that, Bill. Uh, It's been a profound scandal. It's criminality. Churches generally and the Catholic Church specifically have been very good at telling people how to behave themselves sexually. We've been great ones for hectoring and lecturing people. 
And what we've now discovered is, of course, that we were good at lecturing and hectoring, but weren't even living by our own standards. Uh, And so the behaviour is criminal, has been criminal in our law since since the beginning of the English legal system. So there's no doubt that the damage that has been done is profound, but it's also the failure of church authority to confront the issue. It's been swept under the carpet. It's been pretended that, you know, it was just um, kind of what the Spanish call peccadillos, little sins, but they're little. if they're little, they've had profound psychological effects upon the people upon whom they were perpetrated. So it's going to take a number of generations for the church, I think, to emerge from what what is, without a doubt, uh, an absolute profound scandal, uh, and it has done enormous damage to the church's reputation. What do you reckon has done more damage, the scandals themselves or the cover-up? I think the cover-up has. Um, really, Really, I do. But I've often said that if priests were married and priests had children, they would have instinctively understood that children need protection. Uh, If women were in authority within the Catholic Church, if women were in charge of, you know, dioceses in the Catholic Church, as women and as mothers, they would have understood that children must be protected. Uh, the notion, you know, calling priests father, calling bishops father, is is really a misnomer because they're not physical fathers, they're not biological fathers, and they've really shown that they have no understanding uh, of what fatherhood really means because they covered up the abuse of vulnerable children. So in the end, uh, I think it is the cover-up that's the thing that's affected us worst. I'm Bill Cruz and you're listening to The Discussion, today with former priest and Catholic scholar Paul Collins. Paul, some might suggest the Catholic Church simply has an image problem, but is it deeper than that? Oh, yes, it's it's much deeper than that, Bill. Um, the, Catholicism is going through a profound change at the present moment and Pope Francis, I think, uh, has has been someone who really has grasped that need for change. Just a, a, a small illustration of that, there have been a number of questions and requests that gay couples could be blessed, that unmarried couples who are living together could be blessed. And the, the dicastery for the doctrine of the faith, the old Inquisition, has now come out and said, yes, that can happen. And Pope Francis has encouraged and and strengthened this. And this is just one aspect of his approach, which is that people come first, that the ministry of the church and care for people comes before moral rigorism. If you'd asked John Paul II or Benedict XVI, the two previous popes before Francis, if you'd asked them, what about a blessing for gay people? they would have been horrified. What Pope Francis is trying to do is to live out his statement early in his papacy when he said, who am I to judge anybody? So what is happening within Catholicism is that more and more the church is opening up to 
the priority of care for people, the priority of care for the world, for the environment. They're the things that Francis sees as important. And that is a very big change. So, Paul, what are likely to be the most significant changes forced upon the church in years to come? The church faces different problems in different cultures. In Africa, the two large religions are Christianity, of which Catholicism is probably the majority part, and Islam. And those two religions face each other across a divide in Africa that runs across almost right across the equator. Um, In Latin America, for instance, the challenge there uh, is the evangelical Protestant sects, the Pentecostal groups. They're the ones who are eating into what was a very large Catholic majority. The challenges everywhere are different. In Europe, in Australia, in Canada, in New Zealand, in the States, the challenge is, of course, secularism. Uh, The challenge is individualism. There, uh, I think our approach has to be completely different. It has to be that we maintain a strong emphasis on social justice, we maintain a strong emphasis on community, and we maintain a very strong emphasis, which comes from Pope Francis, uh, on the environment. And we, are un- we should be unwilling to compromise on those kind of issues. Could the internationalism of the Catholic Church give it a unique perspective? Oh, I, I, I think it does. Um, just recently, I was talking to a number of retired diplomats, Australian diplomats, um, who have been all over the world. And a couple of them said to me spontaneously how impressed they were with uh, the influence that the church has in country after country where they've been uh, and the way in which um, the local church feeds up information about what is happening in countries through papal representatives. They're they're called papal nuncios, they're papal ambassadors, uh, and that that information is going to the Vatican and to Rome. So the Vatican is very well informed about what's going on in the world. And there is a certain clarity of mind, I think, there. Um, and I think they are, they do have, without any doubt, they do have international influence. I'm Bill Cruz, and my guest on the discussion today is former priest and Catholic scholar Paul Collins. Paul, during the Cold War, the church was enormously influential. But has that ability to reshape the world declined? Yes and no, I think, is the answer to that. At at a very public level, if you like, its influence has declined. But at the level of some of the leadership of the church, and I'm referring specifically to the present Pope, to Pope Francis, uh, he still has very considerable influence. Um, An example of that is the way in which he has adopted the question of climate change and global warming and environmental and biological destruction. That He has made that one of the key themes of his papacy. Um, His uh, encyclical Laudato Si on the global environment is a startling document that has influenced scientists all over the world. And he's also a man for whom social justice is absolutely central 
and he has spoken out on social justice as well. So there's no doubt he does have influence. This is Bill Cruz, and you're listening to The Discussion today with Catholic scholar Paul Collins. Paul, how important is Africa to the future of the church? I think Africa is very important. The encounter between Islam and Christianity is going above all to occur on the African continent. And I think it's absolutely centrally important that we build bridges uh, with people of Muslim faith because uh, Islam and Christianity are really, at the present moment, in numerical terms and in terms of worldwide penetration, by far the most important religions in the world. And we need to be reconciled. We need to be able to get on, to be friends, to be brothers and sisters um, who care about each other and who are not daggers drawn and uh, carrying on silly things like the Crusades. This Pope is arguably the most socially progressive, so is France's best place to set the church on a course that can navigate the troubled waters ahead? Francis is 87 years old. Um, He's sick. He's struggling on. Um, But uh, what we've got to make sure is that the church does not elect as next pope a person who takes it backwards. We've got to make sure that we've got a pope who is going to continue the Francis uh, vision. Paul Collins, thank you for speaking to the discussion.